Anyway, I got 15 different ideas I could say in this thing, but thank you for being my friend for all these years, and thank you for caring enough for me to let me come on uh, always a Sunday uh, over the holidays. It's just hard for me. I, I live on faith, and that's when you need more money over the holidays, and yet churches don't want you to come and speak for them over the holidays, but you care about me, and that means a lot to me. And Joan, thank you for letting him be my friend. So I know how that has got to affect him and that's going to affect you, but thank you. And then thank you always for hosting us and letting me show up as weird and as different as I am. And Joan, you've always allowed me to be who I am, even though I'm not like anybody else and uh, I'm not normal. But you allow me to be that way. So um, it's really good. It's really cool to be here. Um, I've, I've really been preparing for some Christmas sharing to share with you all. Hey there, who is it? Steve was in for a visit. Is that you, Sioux Falls? I've been working on that all, all day today. That's for you guys. <laughs> that right there, and now that I think about it, that's actually an example of what I'm talking about. You've been on my heart and mind because I knew I was going to come here and, and, and share with you and, and encourage you and try to tell you what I feel like God has given me, right? So all of a sudden that song came on the other day, you know, Louis Armstrong, that's you, Santa Claus. And I was thinking about you, and I was like, I should do that on Sunday. I should play the song, and I should, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, instead of Santa Claus, I could say Sioux Falls. See, I incorporated you into my life even though I was in Seattle because we're part of the same team. We're family. We're, we're with each other. I incorporated you even though I wasn't here. I, did, I don't just think about you when I show up on Sunday morning, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I think about you throughout the year, and that's what God wants to do. He wants us to incorporate him, and then he'll keep us on track. He will activate us to that, that happy, that joy, that peace, that faith, that hope. That's what he wants to do. So Christmas is coming. Goose is getting fat. Going to put a penny in the old man's hat. I have no clue what that even means, but I'll sing it anyway, right? I'm a kind of guy that, for Christmas, I want you to try to figure out what I got you. But I'm going to make it very difficult for you, right? You ever open up a Christmas present and get what you didn't expect? Yeah? What is the most surprising thing you ever got for Christmas? Somebody. Anyone? Shut up. You got a new car? What were you expecting? I just told the pastor's wife to shut up and got away with it <laughs> until I called out. You got a new car? What, w what were you expecting? Did he have the bow? No one lands. Probably had the bow on the outside. Oh, through your parents. Oh, someone with money. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyone here ever had someone with money give you a gift before? Anyone here ever have, had someone gave you a gift and you knew they had money and you're expecting something really good and you got something not so good? Has that ever happened to anyone before? You get excited. You're like, oh, they're rich. And they give me a present, and then you open it up, and you're an Office Max gift card from someone who has really had a lot of money. What, have like $1,000 on it or something? Yeah, right, Office Max, thanks. Thanks, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. That's not nearly as bad as my parents were pastors, and um, they had, had this couple in their church that had money, and they gave them a check every year. Well, my parents had to know it was a check every year because that's the only way they'd open the present because these guys were brutal. They would take that check and they would make it impossible for my parents to open. Like they would dig a hole in two two-by-fours, 
put the check in it, and then super glue them, screw them, nail them all together. But it's a paper check. You've got to be careful when you open that thing up. But they took the time to open it up. Why? Because they, they knew there was some money in there, right? Or they would plexiglass it together. They would throw it in cement, and they'd have to break it all out to get the whole. But they went through all that work because they knew there was something valuable in that gift, right? But when you look at it, just a couple blocks of wood. Normally, if you get a couple blocks of wood from somebody that are glued together, you would say, thanks a lot. But my parents knew who these guys were. They knew what they had to give. And so my parents knew, oh, great. Now I got to dig through the hole. I, it, just, it was so fun every year watching them try to have to open up the present that they knew was a lot of money in, the, in that thing, right? But if they didn't know it was worth anything, it reminds me of the, of the parable where, where Jesus is sitting there. And we, we talk about parables like we make them some big, spooky, even Jesus told stories. That's what he did. And I think he told stories of what he, what he was going through. He incorporated, he integrated God the Father in everything he did. He didn't leave heaven before he went, came down to earth, and God the Father said, now remember, you're going to forget this because you're a little baby for a little while, but remember, we're going to do the, the parable of the ten virgins. Remember that one. We're going to do the story of the good seed and the bad seed. We're going to do the. He didn't have all that planned out, his messages that he's going to preach. He's sitting there looking at a field, and he says, you know what? The kingdom of heaven's like a field. And imagine, like, you know that there's treasure buried in that field, and he's looking at Peter. Because how does he see Peter? Treasure that no one else has seen. Hidden treasure in there. Like that check between those two blocks of wood. And imagine, I know that there's treasure in that field, so wouldn't I sell everything I have to buy that field so I can get that treasure? Do you understand what's going on? Peter, I'm about to give my life to reveal the treasure that you have in you. I'm going to pay everything to buy the field so that people can see Peter, so that Peter can be free. He integrated God in everything that he did. Work is no longer a burden now because, wait a minute, it's not work. This is my worship. We think worship is you come on Sunday morning and you raise your hands and you sing your songs. What if worship is how you lived your life? That's really what the Bible says worship is. So, but I always wrap the presents in a way that you can't figure out what they are. My boys hate that. You know, you put them in a big old box and put gravel in there. Now my boys know. The thing's 50 pounds. They're like, there's no way, Dad. You got rocks in there. You got bricks in there. You got all sorts of stuff in there. That's, I don't want them to figure out what it is. I got, it's, that's a whole ha- fun at Christmas, right? You remember? Anyone here ever used to sneak into your parents' room and find the presents before Christmas? My parents, my kids never do that. I'm trying to get that. You never know. I knew you wouldn't, Lance. You've been godly and everything. But I, there's other people out there that, like, try to open up the presents real sneakily. And, I mean, if anyone could do it, you would be good at it. I, but I know you wouldn't do something like that. But, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. My kids don't even try to sneak in. So I've got to try to disguise the present from them. My, my, my brother-in-law actually bought his boy some Beats headphones. See, I just want to make sure Breeze was awake when I say Beats headphones. That, that got her right there. But he bought her some Beats earbuds. It's got to be several hundred dollars worth of earbuds. His wife, his, the, she packed them in, in a box, and it was a chicken and a biscuit box. You know the crackers? You know what I'm talking about, chicken and a biscuit? God's will on earth, right? A little bit of heaven in a box. You know what I'm talking about? You want to know what heaven's like? Go this afternoon and buy some chicken and a biscuit, and don't even think about the calories. Just eat that whole box right there. Then you'll know a little bit what heaven is like. Heaven is like, there's going to be no calories. So he bought, that's how it's, so anyway, so he, he got this box, and she, she packed the Beats headphones, earbuds, in the chicken in a biscuit box. 
when his son opened it up, he's like, chicken and a biscuit. I love chicken and a biscuit. Thank you so much. This is awesome. And he put the box aside. His dad's like, well, you might want to open that up. No, I'm going to save them for later when I go home. Well, you might want to open them now. No, 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 Dad, I I love chicken. Thank you. I'm going to eat those later. He's like, no, son, open up the box. He said when he opened up the box and pulled out the beets, he was actually disappointed that there weren't chicken and a biscuit crackers. Imagine if God showed up to Christmas and he said, hey, I've got a little something, something for you here. Especially in an envelope. Oh, then you know. Imagine, you talk about someone rich showing up for Christmas and blessing you. Imagine God, who made the universe, who owns the universe, who owns any, imagine him showing up for Christmas and giving you a gift. Now, that is something that we're talking about. But actually, if you think about it, you're probably already thinking you know where I'm going, but you're wrong. I know you're thinking he already gave his gift, he gave his son, and I could go down that path. But that's not the gift path I'm going to go down. In fact, the path I'm going to go down, it might be difficult for some of you to handle this. How many of you are still ready to activate? Are you still ready to activate this morning? Okay. I'm going to read to you a passage from Scripture. Paul said that he had a what in the flesh? Anybody remember? A thorn in the flesh. I like to read from a lot of different translations. I'll read the same Scripture from a bunch of different translations because now with the app, I don't have to pull out 14 Bibles like I had to do back in the day. I remember when they got the thing that said it was called the Parallel Bible. It was like this thick. And you want to look at a scripture, you open it up, and they had all four translations on the same page. You're like, wow, wasn't that great? <laughs> now it's this big, you know. Check out what it, what it says in the message translation. Paul's talking about all the, all the things that God has given him, all these revelations God has given him. And then he says, because of the extravagance of these, those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head. Do you have the person next to you say he's talking about you right now? Okay. I was given the gift of a handicap. That's like getting an Office Max gift card (laughs) from someone with a lot of money. A thorn in the flesh means a thorn in the flesh. So it wasn't a literal thorn in the flesh. He just would have pulled it out instead of asking God to remove it from him. It was a disability. It was a handicap. It was something, and that was a gift that's worse than a, we look at handicap as though, you know, when you see, I, I speak at Camp Daniel every year, and I talk about Camp Daniel a lot, and I, I'm sorry if I talk about them too much, but they've changed my world. They've changed my life, okay? I've, I've learned a lot through handicap and through disabilities, and I've learned that what we, they've had people used to show up and speak there and talk about their sin in your life, that's why you have a disability, Well, when Job lost everything, what did his friends say to him? There has to be a sin somewhere, Job, because God wouldn't do this to anybody. God won't allow this to happen. And it's easy to preach that until you're staring face-to-face with a person who is in a walker, who has a social disability, who has a mental disability. You're going to try to tell them there's a sin that they committed? You're going to try to tell them that that, that God, and they they show up and they always want to pray for them to get healed. They should pray for me to get healed. I got news for you. We all have disabilities. Do you have the person on the other side say, now he's really talking about you? <laughs> we all have things that we're not able to do. That's why he gave you the people around you. The Bible says that, that he made Adam and says it's not good for Adam to be what? Alone. I'm going to make him a what? A helper. 
people at Camp Daniel, you know what they got? Helpers. You know what they call them? Advocates. Advocates. It's this thing that's in the way. That's why I keep getting in your space there. They're advocates. They walk alongside you. That's what they do. And when you have a disability, you need somebody to help you. You're interdependent. Doesn't that sound biblical to you? We want to be independent. Did you know that the whole term pull yourself up by your bootstraps is a tongue-in-cheek? It's a mockery. No one can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. That's the point. We want to be our own person. We want to be our own man. It's my personal relationship with Jesus. It's a communal relationship with Jesus. We're a family. We're supposed to help each other out. Amen? And when you have a disability that's obvious, that's a blessing. When you have a disability that you can hide, that's like a curse because you'll try to hide it. I'll snap at my wife all day long. You don't know me. Your people say, you don't know me. That's because you never let me know you. You never read your story to me. How can I know you? You won't open up to me. You won't tell me how your, where your disability is. But instead of being crabby at my wife all day long, and then she gets crabby back, and pretty soon we're button heads, we're both looking out the, our own window, driving down the road, you know, not even looking at each other. Versus if I were to share with her my disability that day, my insecurity that day, my handicap that day, and I'd say, babe, I'm telling you what, I'm really feeling like a failure lately, or I just, I'm crabby today, I'm tired, I'm sorry if I come at you. All of a sudden, I reveal to her my disability, she has patience towards me. Let's go on. He says, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. It's good for us to be in constant touch with our limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down, and what he did, in fact, was push me to my knees. And when you have a disability, when you have a handicap, that's why we hide it, because we feel bad, we feel regret, we feel shame. We were like, I don't want anyone to know that I struggle with that. I want you to know we're all struggling with something today. And all of us probably are holding something secret that we don't want anyone else to know about. But if we were all come out and clean and say, I struggle, I'm hurting, I, what, we'd go, what, you too? Oh, you struggle with that too? Isn't it weird how that makes you feel better? Talk about sick and twisted. I'm feeling tor- her- terrible, and all of a sudden, like, oh, you're broken that way. Oh, you're, you feel really bad. You feel like a failure too? Oh, I feel so much better now knowing you feel like a failure. I mean, isn't that sick? <laughs> but there's something about that. We need each other. So um, no danger then of walking around high and mighty, proud, egotistical. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. Even self-made men had to have someone buy their product. Hello? No one is self-made. We're God-made. We didn't make ourselves. God made us. And he made us with weaknesses. Wait a minute. Adam, you're, you're alone. I got to fix this i got to make you better. You know why Jesus came to earth in the first place? So he could die and go to heaven? So he could love us more. Disciples would have been like, wait a minute, you're going to die so you can love us more? How can, how can you love us more? Greater love is no one this than a man lay down his life for his friends. Well, if I die and go to heaven and send down my spirit, he can be, be with you 24-7. You can be laying there in bed, can't sleep at 3.30 in the morning, and I'm right there. When Jesus was alive, he had 12 guys that he hung out with. At 3.30 in the morning, you're not waking him up. you got to go find him. You gotta, now the Holy Spirit is there all the time. That's why he says, listen for his voice in everywhere you go, in everything you do, because he's always there. He wants to be integrated into our life situation, okay? 
So he, get, he made Adam so he wouldn't be alone. He saw there's a weakness there. I'm going to help him, send somebody to help him in his weaknesses. That's the beauty of the whole thing. That's the beauty of working with people with disabilities is you see their weaknesses, you see their disabilities, and you have patience towards them. You have compassion towards them. But if you don't see their disabilities, if I keep my disabilities a secret from you, then you're just going to be angry with me. Come on, Steve, what, you're frustrated with me. What's your problem? How come you're always, always acting that way? How come you always say that? How come you're always cutting yourself down? How come you're always so on and so forth? You, you understand the whole thing, right? I remember one time I was asking God, we'll get back to that in a second. I was asking God about all these things in my life that I wish I could just change. I'm not typical. I want to be normal like everybody else. When you go to Camp Daniel, you'll find there's one thing that people with disabilities, every time I go, I realize I'm the one with a disability, not them. They got this thing figured out, but I don't. They're some of the happiest people I've ever met, and yet they've got to go through so much just to get out of bed in the morning. It, 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 blo it blows me away. But the only thing they want to be is they want to be like everybody else. And I tell them, why would you want to do that when all the people that are like everybody else show up to, to work a week at camp to help you out because of what you do for them? And I kept wanting to be like everybody else. I had all these weaknesses. I'm too sensitive. I'm too insecure. I can't make a decision. All the other men out there can make a decision. They just do it. That's why they're so successful. I don't even have bootstraps to pull myself up with. I'm tired of being so sensitive all the time. And it's easy for me to get my feelings hurt. And why can't I just be a man? Why, why don't I have to have, why can't I be like the men that only have five words a day to say? Why can't I be like that? In our relationship, my wife is the dude. I'm the babe. I've got the 10,000 words a day I got to say. She's got the 10, Right? Why can't I be more like my wife, be a man more like my wife? Why can't I be stronger like my wife? Why can't I just be this guy? And I'm convinced that a lot of the guys I was looking at, honestly, they're, they're that way too. But, they, but all these years I was praying, God, please take this away from me. Please take this away from me. Please take this away from me. I'm tired of being, I don't want to be this way. And one day God stopped me in the middle of what I was saying. He said, just see, just stop. Just stop. Zip. I kept trying to button. But God, I, this is what I felt he said to me. I felt he said, you want me to take all these things away? You want me to take them away? I'm like, if that's how you want to be? I said, I think I've been pretty clear about that. Last several years, yes. He said, but Steve, all these things over here that you call weaknesses, that you call disabilities, that you call handicaps, are all connected to these strengths you have over here. Your ability to walk into a mall and see someone who's hurting and know about why they're hurting. Your ability to be sensitive and change what you're doing so that you can better relate to this person here. Your ability to do this and your ability to that are directly related to the, the, all these things. They're two sides of the same coin, two wings of the same bird. If I take all these away, all these are going to go away too. That's why I haven't taken these weaknesses away from you. That's why I haven't taken away these, these things away from you because if I do, these go away too. I felt like he told me like that. He'd get tired of me praying for years, God, take this away. So he finally said, but if you want me to take these away, I'll take them away. Is that what you want? I'm like, well, can I talk now? Because you were. Yeah, I'm waiting. I said, well, <laughs> not when you put it like that, I don't. <laughs> then I was in a huff. I was mad. You ever get mad at God? Well, I know you do, but you ever admit it? That's a question. I, walk, I sulked for a while, days I sulked. Psh, what am I supposed to do? I can't. Well, look at these, but why can't I just, then, you want to take them away? Well, of course I don't want you to take them away. 
I like these, but it's for different days, man. I sulked. I finally came back to Jesus. I said, okay, tail between my legs, right? Okay. Um, if all these things are really connected, and I couldn't see these things. All I could see were my limitations. All I could see were my weaknesses, my insecurities. All I could see is what I couldn't do. And God is trying to tell me what I can do. All things through Christ who strengthens me. But i got to share with him my disability first. got to share with him my handicap. I've got to embrace all these things first instead of being mad at him for giving me all these things. And so I said, okay, God, I don't want you to take these away if they're connected to these things. So um, then if you could just teach me how to handle these things better, that would work for me. And I felt like he smiled and said, now that's a prayer I can answer. Jordan, my friend, drove all the way over from Green Bay to pick me up at the, at the airport in Minneapolis to drive me all the way down here for the snowstorm and everything. Okay? Jordan, come on up here a second. He doesn't know I was going to do this because I don't want him to get nervous. <laughs> Jordan is called to do what I'm, what I'm doing. He's called to share the good news. That's what he's called to do. But that would have been hard to do beyond seven months ago, right? Why is that? Jesus wasn't in my life. And how did he come in your life? Through camp, MBO. What, which camp? Camp Daniel. And what about that camp that caused you to see Jesus? Somebody with a so-called disability. Your camper, right? Yeah. What was his name? Matt. What's the first thing he told you? That I was his family and his light. And his well, before that, though, the first day. Uh, uh, he's a ladies' man. <laughs> That's what he told me. He said, hey, I'm a ladies' man. I brought my suit because I'm a ladies' man, right? Now, you didn't know Jesus because some things that happened to you in your past, right? You don't have to go into deep, deep detail. You don't have to say that at all if you want. But wasn't worthy of him. So then we're sitting around the campfire, and this camper we asked everyone a question. If you were to tell Jesus anything today, what would you tell him? And Matt leans over to me. He says, I want to say something to my voice. But they're taught our voice isn't important, but your voice is important. You might not seem as important in your mind as other people, but to God, your, your voice is just as important as anybody else's voice, right? So all of a sudden I said, Matt has something he wants to share. And Matt stands up there and says, I would tell Jesus that I love every one of you here. And I thank God for, I thank him for every one of you here. You're all like my family. To where this stoic young man who showed up because someone snuck his name in. They signed him up. He didn't even know it. They signed him up. He got an email Saturday saying, you've been accepted as a counselor. Showed up. Didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. But he's been working with people with disabilities most of your life, right? Okay. All of a sudden, he gets up and walks by me real quick. Says, could you watch my camper? I've got to go to the bathroom. But I notice he's got tears just pouring down his face. I'm like, Matt just said. What he said, it was a simple sentence. There wasn't anything deep there. But you can see why. He got up and left and ran. So, you know, that's fine. That's all good. What you're doing right here is good. Let me ask you a question. According to the world's eyes, in that room, and Matt's the one who's got downs, right? It was downs, right? Is that what he had? Okay. And we would say, well, Matt has a disability, not Jordan. He's a young adult. He can play ball. He can do all these things. But Matt, but who had the disability in that room at that evening? Not Matt. Because of Matt's disability, he changed his life. 
if Matt was a kid that didn't have Down syndrome and he could hide his disability and he said the same thing, it wouldn't have meant anything to Jordan. But there's something about when we see somebody's disabilities, when we see their weaknesses, it softens ours, right? So Matt's saying, I would tell you all that you're, Matt had no clue what was even going on. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Anything else you want to say? What would you say, what have you learned about people with disabilities or maybe at the summer camp or is there anything else that you have learned from that? I think they just all want friends. Like they're not asking us to bow down to them and change our lifestyle for them. It's just that they just need a friend. Just like we need a friend in Jesus. In fact, sometimes people, they, they don't want us to, we act weird around them because we, we baby them, we, right? Yeah, and they don't, they don't want that. They just they want a friend. They don't treat me like I'm, I'm just a person like you, and that's what they want. Thanks, Jordan. That was awesome. Now let's finish this here. At first, I didn't think of it, the handicap, as a gift. And I begged God to remove it. Take this away. Three times I did that. And then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. Just embrace your limitations. Embrace your weaknesses. Stop trying to let people know that there's no weaknesses there. I got this thing covered. I got it taken care of. I got it. No, you don't. No one does. If someone acts like their life is to get the guy, they got their life together, that's exactly what it is. It's an act. I'm not saying there's people out there that aren't solid. Sure, there's people out there that are solid. But every one of us have limitations that cut us. Well, I'll keep on reading. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. That's why I go back to Camp Daniel. You ever see Peanut Butter Falcon? You want to know what Camp Daniel looks like? Go see Peanut Butter Falcon. You'll know what Camp Daniel looks like. It's about a, a, a man with, with Down syndrome. It's hilarious. The way they soften your heart, the way they change everything inside of you, it's just because they've learned to embrace their, their handicap. They have to. Because they don't, they don't get fed today. Or they can't go to the bathroom. Some of them, if they don't get help today, they don't live today. If we don't get help, we don't make it. So he said, I stopped focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. See that as a gift. Stop focusing on your weaknesses and see it as a gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my what? Weakness. Now I take limitations in stride. And with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. Anyone have any of those happen before? Raise your hand up in the air. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. God's not being mean to us. It's a gift. Your brokenness, your weakness, it's a gift. Because that's how his strength shows up. i just been around Camp Daniel enough. It's, it took me several years, but I learned it. I learned it. I want to be like them. I say, you guys, you, I, I tell them when I speak there, I say, you want to be like all the counselors, but the counselors all want to be like you. 
Because there's something about, number one, embracing your limitations, embracing your handicap, embracing your brokenness that you don't, and, and focusing on it as a gift and stop focusing. When you embrace it, you don't have to focus on it anymore. When you try to hide it, that's all you do. It's like a lie, right? When you create a lie, you think, I lie, then I can move on. No, all you think about is that lie. And if you're living a lie, like you don't want people to know that you're brokenness, you're trying to hide that up, all you can, it, it's always there in front of your face. But when you finally realize it and go, oh, yeah, I'm broken. I'm insecure. I'm not as good this person at this. I can't do that. I can't do this. When you embrace it, you don't have to focus on it anymore. That's what God is trying to say. So when Jesus shows up and he gives us that gift card that says handicap on it, really, God, that's the best you could do? I mean, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Could you sell a few of them and give me that instead? Could I have some cash? Could I have some hope? Could I have some peace? Could I have some faith? Could I have some grace? Could I have some strength? Could I have something? And God's like, yeah, it's all in this gift card called handicap. You want peace? Then embrace it. And your peace comes from that. But when you try to hide it, you try to hold it in, and you don't want anyone to see, that brings discord and division and, and, and comparing with each other and all the fruits of the flesh, that's what that brings up. When you're like, yeah, I'm broken. I am. When I speak, that's why I always try to share with you what I'm going through. I try to share my brokenness because I am. I'm broken. But it's okay. These things are good because they're all connected to all these things. I woke up one morning, and I got the, got the, um, uh, the, the scripture for you. I was, I was like, God, if you want to share me what you want to share with them before I get down there, it would be nice. I'd appreciate that. And he gave me the scripture. Then I went to my Facebook page, and I saw this post from, um, from Brandy Ingalls. She used to come to church here. And it was a memory she shared on my page from seven years ago. And I just want to share this because of the first sentence. It says, a very smart man said. It's about me. You're like, what? It's <laughs> no, that was me. That was she talking about me. Because he has my name at the end. That's the only reason I know. It's like, who's a smart man? I go down, oh, my name is on there. I came, to the ch- I came here to Falls Church seven years ago. And I said, I guess I said this. I won't, you ask me 10 minutes from now, what I, I, won't, I won't remember, right? God can't take away your weaknesses or you would never have your strengths. And then she says, so I cannot have peace unless I have my anxiety. God loves you for your scars. Two, never give up. You know what a person of faith looks like? A person who has to face fear all the time. A woman of faith is is a woman who has to face doubt continually. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's doing the right thing in the presence of it. When does courage rise up? In the battle. And I think it was Winston Churchill or George General Patton. One of these big, Churchill said it. In the foxhole, all men are cowards. But if you live in that foxhole and you live in your weakness and you don't get up and move forward, then it overtakes you. But if you can embrace it, we think that a man of faith stands there and just knows the right thing to do. And Moses and the hair is blowing back, and you know, so all I have to do is take the stick and put it in the water, and it's going to part. And are you kidding me? Not only does he feel like a fool, now he's going to look like a fool. God, you want me to do what? 
take my stick and put it in the water. That's your answer. We think that Moses knew exactly what to do. We think all the men of God, the women of God know exactly. They don't know what they're doing. Sometimes we do it out of desperation. But a person of faith is a person who has to face fear. So you're a lot more close to a person of faith than you think that you are. Don't think Lance never doubts. Don't think that Joan never doubts. Are you kidding me? They doubt a lot. That's where faith is birthed. That's where strength comes out in our what? Weakness. Faith rises up in our unbelief. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So embrace those limitations because it's a gift that God wants to give you today. Because in your weakness, he is made strong. And in your weakness, he sends a helpmate to help you. And when we have a communal relationship with Jesus, that's why he wants to take you into work with him. Because he wants your community to go beyond this body right here. You work where you work for a reason. You're a missionary to that place. And they might not know they need Jesus, but you know they need Jesus, right? <laughs> Believe me, if you knew my boss. So I want you to say that right now in your mind. I want you to tell God, thank you for your weakness. I want you to think about your weakness right now. What are the things that you wish you could change about your life, about yourself? Jordan said all these years, he said, I've been without faith for 16 years. But the Jesus you are talking about this week, I can follow that. And his whole life has changed. You see what a broken man, a young man, a humble young man he is, a powerful young man that he is. So are you. So are you. God loves your weaknesses as much as he loves your strengths. He can shine more in your weaknesses than he can in your strengths. So what is that weakness that you have? I want you to tell Jesus, thank you for that. And if you can't, then I want you to say this, Jesus, help me to be able to do that soon. Help me to be able to do that someday. I want to be able to embrace my weaknesses. Can you put that scripture up one more time? Go back one more. Because the extravagance of those revelations, and so I won't get a big head, I was given the gift. And we look at that, my parents looked at that gift that was all ratty and nasty. That's not a gift, but they knew what was inside of it. And you might look at your life and see a couple two-by-fours glued together. <laughs> you might see your splinters and your scars, but God sees. You might see an open field, an empty, barren field, but God sees the treasure that's in there, and he wants to pull that out so he can show you off at work. I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to tell you what you can't do. What he, in fact, did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift, and I begged God to remove it. God, take this away from me. Take this weakness away from me. Take this disability away from me. Take this, this thing that I have. Take this struggle I have. Take this thorn in my flesh. Take it away from me. Three times I did that, and then he told me. Next slide. No. Slide before that. Slide before that. And then he told me, next slide. Oh, you're right. That is right. Sorry. My grace is enough. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. 
That's all I need. Someone say, it's all I need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. Thanks for letting me come and start your holiday season today. By the way, I've got some product out there to help you activate as well. I could go for hours, but I don't need to because I brought a bunch of product that you can listen to it at your own home. I'm excited for this. You ever run at end of the, end the, the end of the holiday season and you're like, um, you're glad it's over? I don't want us to get that way. I was getting to the end of the holiday season to be full of more joy than the one the holiday season started. I don't want us to wipe our, so I put together hours worth of Christmas stuff. I got over 30 videos on here. I've got over 30 talks on here about holidays and how to keep them happy on here. Got some more on here, but this one doesn't have my Thanksgiving videos. And it doesn't have my music video, Christmas rapping. You have to see that one. It's as good as it sounds. Actually, it's worse. I have all sorts of teachings out there. Are you in collusion? Well, maybe you should be. Because if you're in collusion with God, you have, to, you have to get the CD to understand what I'm talking about. I don't have time to talk about it. But I got all sorts of stuff out there. The reason I bring that, the reason I work so hard on that, I spend hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months putting that product. There's years worth of product out there, the stuff that God has given me over the years. The reason I bring that is because I want to help you activate a real friendship with God. And I only have 45 minutes today. Which I'll push to 50, 52, 53. Because Lance is my friend. My I was going to say I was done. And I'm going to be done here in just a second. But I had to pause for a second because this love came over me for you. That I know came from Jesus. And he just wants to tell you that <laughs> you're the thing for him. You're the plan for him. You're it. He loves you. He made you just the way you are, and he loves the way you are, and he wants you to get there as well. Thank you, Steve. We're going to continue in worship, the giving to the Lord. God has made us stewards of a lot of stuff, and he's only asked the first and best part. So we give this offering today to the Lord. And then we're just going to relay it over to Steve and his family and pray that God provides also some other spaces and places for Steve to share the good news uh, over the holidays and uh, that actual miracle provision would come your way even places you weren't able to get to this year. And uh, so 100% of this offering, whether it's whatever's marked in the check, we're just going to take that total and bless uh, Steve Hayes' ministry. And and um, mostly because Christy deserves it. <laughs> and uh, he's almost an empty nester now. Got a senior, his son, his youngest boy of three is senior in high school, so God will be taking you some new places and some new uh, 
things in your life in the, in the next months to come. So next year when you're here, God will be positioning you with some uh, fresh things I know for us. And God's been good, amen, to us. And uh, we know we're spoiled. We just don't want to be spoiled rotten, right? That we're, God has been so good to us. So, Lord, over this offering today, we're praying for uh, doors to be open for uh, Steve's ministry and Christy and their and their boys. That you continue to use them uh, the way you've gifted the boys musically, their whole family. Uh, that you would uh, watch over them when Steve and Christy can't. Uh, that you would continue to give them fellowship with churches like ours. That we would be connected. That we'd be able to reach Camp Daniel because we are we are a little tiny. Uh, a uh, little tiny brick in the wall of faith in Steve's ministry as well that that this week. And maybe you'd put it on some people's hearts beyond just a Sunday to uh, support what what Steve's doing. And, and uh, I know many have listened to his podcasts and, and uh, listened to messages from the past. And Lord, may your Holy Spirit continue to work in and through him and into our lives and Continue to shape us and uh, humble us, Lord, that without you, uh, we know we could do nothing. And we thank you that you've called us in these last great days to walk humbly on this earth, pointing people heavenward to an all-amazing, all-consuming, all-loving God. May you be honored by this day in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>